Hello, you've tuned in to Gab and Grow, a podcast of people, places, and resources and ideas at Western Connecticut State University. I'm your host, Mary Beth Griffin, and it's a real joy for me to bring these podcasts to you. In today's podcast, we're going to be talking to our exploratory study students who are thinking about what to major in. What's that? Not, no, you're not students. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. We <laughs> as a group <laughs> right here are going to be talking to our listeners okay. who are exploratory he can cut this studies. Out, right? <laughs> he can, okay. but I, I kind of want to leave it out. No! <laughs> so, the podcast today is about choosing a major. And here with us um, to help in that discussion are two of our staff from our Academic Advising Center. We have Anne-Marie Puglio. Hello, Anne-Marie. Hi, Mary Beth. <laughs> and Jason Risk. Hi, How's Jason. How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> Good. So let's dive right in, all right? Um, we all think that college students come knowing what they want to do and what they want to be for the rest of their lives. And speaking from my personal experience, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> even when sometimes you think you have it all figured out when you start, you don't. And... Um, and most students that I'm aware of change their majors several times throughout the course of college. So, um, but we have a lot of students who come who are undecided. They don't know what they want to do, and we we call them exploratory study students. Um, and you know, I think they're kind of smart at 17 or 18, not knowing what you want to do and be for the rest of your life. I think is is fairly astute um, to kind of come in and check around what what's available and what might interest you because you're going to be doing it for the next 45 or 50 years. So um, so they come in, and uh, then what happens? Yeah, what, what – I'm throwing papers all over the floor again. What's it necessary, you know – I mean, A, is it necessary to have a major? I think we've just said not really. Yeah, so I, I think it's kind of a loaded question when yeah. it comes down to it. I think that um, depending on what your priorities are and, and how long you want to be in college for, I think that students want to graduate in four years. Um, for the most part, you're able to spend one to two years taking your competency courses and taking some courses that will help you figure out what you're going to major in or help you peak, maybe pique your interest or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, so for the most part, it is it is not – you don't need to know exactly what you want to do when you enter college. Right. Um, there's plenty of time to – explore, um, make your decision, talk to faculty, and, mm -hmm. and kind of figure things out. There are a few programs that if you want to graduate in four years, you need to start in that program right away. Right. Um, but for the most part, I, I would say no. I think that it's more important to to spend time and really make, make a decision based on what you want to do. Um, I think a lot of times students feel super pressured yeah. to figuring out their major right away. And for the most part, those are the students that either change after the first semester or once they take a few courses in that program, yeah. they change. And, and at that point, you're, mm -hmm. you're automatically adding on a year or two because you spend a lot of time, yeah. um, unnecessary time in a program that you weren't really sure if you wanted to do or not. Yeah. And I think, don't you think maybe that the, the increase in the financial footprint for students yep. these days also puts a lot of that pressure on it? Yeah. You know, it was a lot cheaper to go to school when I was going to school <laughs> than it is for students now. And so they may feel like they don't want to waste time yeah. kind of exploring. Yeah, I if guess. I could just add yeah. on to that, um, I think our gen ed is built in such a way 
except for maybe two or three programs here that allow students to explore. So mm -hmm. everybody has to complete what are called general electives. And that's even for someone who knows exactly what they want to do when they start and are committed to it and end up graduating from that. They're also going to have to complete courses outside of their major, outside of their gen ed. That's going to allow them to explore different things, yeah. which could ultimately turn into a minor or a concentration. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, everyone's going to have to take other courses. So you really are good in terms of, you know, trying different things out, even if you know what you want to do, for at least 60 credits. So yeah. even if you start in your junior year thinking about, well, I might want to change my major, you could still probably move into a different major mm -hmm. without it costing more. Um, we have had cases where that's happened. As long as it's not a dramatically different major, yeah. um, you should be in pretty good shape. Yeah. So the, what's a process? A student comes in and they don't know what they're, they're going to be doing. What, what kind of process do you help them kind of work through? So our office will work with um, undecided students as well as any student who's kind of in transition. If you're having second thoughts or you're concerned about, is this really the right program for me? I tell students generally when you feel like you're either not interested in your coursework or you're struggling a great deal, it's time to sort of knock on our door and ask us for some help. Um, sometimes a student might just need reinforcement that they are in the right place. Um, and their long-term goals will match with that program. And other times, it's kind of like we could take a detour that might help them to end in the same goal. So if mm -hmm. you wanted to do something where you're working in retail or you wanted to do something where you're working with people in more of a human service type program, you don't necessarily have to have a major that exactly matches that career. So we might help you figure out the different options you might have where you might be either more happy and satisfied and eager and excited for your program versus struggling and forcing yourself through a mm -hmm. major that you might not quite be fulfilled with. Um, so we help students sort of figure out that. Well, is it the major or is it the long-term goal? Then we sort of map out different options with majors. Um, we can do assessments. We do offer the Myers-Briggs personality assessment as well as the strong interest inventory and help students learn about what their interests are mm -hmm. and how their personality may or may not match up with what they're majoring in. Um, and then we kind of go over that information and make some recommendations. We may suggest an adjustment to a schedule, mm -hmm. things like that, so they can explore those different options and see how they feel. Um, it is a lot of sort of touch and go your first couple semesters because we're getting mm -hmm. to know you, you're getting to know you, and we really try to help you make that connection to yourself, that connection to our office, so we can help advise you the best way possible. So they can do those things right in your office with you? Well, they... Actually, they could do them right from wherever they live. Oh. Um, what they need to do is just send us a note letting us know they want to try the assessments. Mm -hmm. um, we then send them an email. They click on a link, and it brings them right into the assessments. Oh, great. They each take about half an hour. So mm -hmm. we encourage students to take each assessment completely and not kind of stop and resume, although you can stop and resume. But if you wanted to start one and you have like a half hour, start one, finish that one. And then take the other one a little bit later when you have more time to do a full half hour. And then it will let us know that you did the assessments. And then we just ask that you let us know so that we know you're ready for us. Yeah. And we'll set up an appointment and re review your results. Okay. So when is it that students have to declare their majors? So <clears throat> for the most part, uh, the, around that 60 credit mark mm -hmm. is, is their deadline um, in terms of uh, fulfilling their general education, their competency requirements. Mm -hmm. But we're having conversations with these students uh, uh, through every meeting that we have every single yeah. semester. And so if a student is telling us that they're interested in a program that we know they're going to have to start taking some more classes mm -hmm. that following semester, we're going to start having conversations with them saying it might be time to make that decision if this is your your path that you want right. to take. 
um, or we're going to start putting you in some classes that are going to are going to point towards that major um, and go towards that major so that you're not behind when you do make your mm -hmm. final decision. Um, so yeah, I would... yeah, I just wanted to to point out something you said too because you said sixty credits and that's typically that's the end of your sophomore year, right? Yes. yes. So I always like to bring this up whenever I get the opportunity to talk about the number of credits students should be taking a semester mm -hmm. because 12 is a full-time student. Yes. And for a lot of students, that might be all they can take. But for a lot of students, they should be taking a bit more. And and I've seen over the years that we have a lot of students who just kind of come in at that 12 mark and then maybe something, they struggle with a class and decide to leave it or something. And so, you know, it's really important for you to, to try to not just find your niche, but also be able to progress through yeah. that mm -hmm. that in a timely way. Because if you're making 24 credits a, a year, you're, you're still under what you need to make to be in the next year. You're half a semester behind already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it can take you up to two years longer to finish up what you're doing, mm -hmm. um, which is just something to keep in the back of your head. <laughs> well, there is kind of yeah. like two sort of schools of thought, right? Yeah. So there's the like take 15 and graduate on time. Mm -hmm. But then we have students that may not be able to, because it's a big transition, your freshman yeah. year, you're leaving high school. For some students, they're leaving their homes. They're coming to a campus. They have a new way of course delivery. Mm -hmm. They have new ways of learning and, and time managing and self-motivating. And then mm -hmm. they're also taking care of their basic needs if they yeah. live on campus or they live off campus, but not with family. And so sometimes we find that students will sort of struggle with that additional course mm -hmm. and you kind of we don't know the student either yeah. so we kind of try to figure out what they feel is best and some students may opt to be more conservative yeah. and take four their first semester and some students still want 15 and do great but it's kind of like it is a gamble sometimes yeah. to, to try to help a student figure out what's better for me four or five um, and sometimes we have students that maybe struggled in a previous mm -hmm. semester and still insist on taking five, but maybe they withdrew or unfortunately didn't pass a course. So we try to help them regroup sometimes yeah. by, by reducing that, that course load by one course just to help them be more successful in four because you could end up without satisfactory progress either from failing or right. withdrawing a course or from your GPA. So there's kind of this waltz we have to yeah. do yeah. between credits and grades and helping students handle what they have so that they don't get penalized for, you know, maybe unsuccessful completion mm -hmm. or bad grades. So there is a way for us to kind of help the student navigate that. And again, if you find yourself in that situation, yeah. please let us know so we can try to help you, whether it's get touch with like student supportive resources or maybe even how do I make my schedule so mm -hmm. that I can handle all the time and obligations that yeah. I have. And I guess one of the reasons I throw it out there is really that I want people to be aware of it because I think if you're if you're going 12 credits and you think you're going to graduate in four years, then you, you get surprised won't. somewhere yeah. in your senior year and frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's more about just kind of knowing and then knowing yourself and what you right. can handle mm -hmm. and what you can do. Because we have students who come with such a variety of, of backgrounds and, and mm -hmm. baggage and yes. things. And, and some people, it's really easy to do 15 or 18 credits a semester. Right. And for other people, you know, they're taking care of their family or they've got a full-time job or things. So 12 is going to be what they can do. So, right. you know, I, I don't at all say it disparagingly, like, oh, if you don't do this, you're a loser. I say it more as a you you need to just make some decisions based on 
what your plan is to right and exactly. I guess to have a plan. Um, yeah, and if students find mm-hmm. that maybe they feel like they have fallen behind because they aren't taking fifteen or didn't mm-hmm. successfully complete fifteen each semester, we can help to make recommendations of summer coursework mm-hmm. or other ways for them to make up that time or those credits, but they just need to come in and talk to us yeah. and we're happy yeah. to do that. Great. I think it's also super important to, to ask whoever you're meeting with, mm-hmm. is doing this going to allow me to graduate when I want to graduate? Yeah. I think it's, it, regardless if they're meeting with us or a faculty advisor mm-hmm. or if they're talking to a professor, uh, it's so important to just ask, Am yeah. I if I do this, am I going to be okay? And if yeah. I'm not going to be okay, what's the next step? So, and, and like Amber said, we're going to be giving them that information um, for, you know, as much as we can, especially when we were able to meet with them. Great. Um so what happens with a student who starts off with a declared major but then figures out somewhere along the way that it's not really, you know, for them? And and what happens uh, with them then? What should they be doing? So we have a, a variety of different scenarios where that's the outcome, where a student kind of ends up back to us because either they're unhappy with their major or it's not turning into sort of leading to the career that they're interested mm-hmm. in or or maybe they're just not doing as well as they know they could or have yeah. in the past. Um, so we'll do a, a variety of different things. Like I mentioned before, we do have the assessments, but sometimes it's a matter of just looking at a student's transcript. And if they've been here enough semesters, you can kind of see the types of courses they are most successful mm-hmm. in. And then kind of using, I like to use the occupational handbook to look at different careers and sort of connect them to careers of which they may not have been aware of. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you could tell a student, well, you know, you did really well in some of your business courses, but less well in sort of maybe the finance classes. So let's take a look at some other options. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes there are careers that you don't have to have a management um, Mm -hmm. major to do well in. So we connect them to those ideas and show them that the background that prepares you for someone who works as a organizational behaviorist is not necessarily management, but maybe mm-hmm. it's more psychology. And then you kind of go over what is that career, and then they realize, oh, my God, I'm so interested. And yeah. so then we work on that. Um, but a lot of times students have only been exposed to so much that they don't know what else is out there, mm-hmm. um, which I think is not just problematic here, but even in high schools oh, yeah. and, and in other colleges, there's no way everyone could be exposed to everything there is to offer. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to help them open their eyes. I like to encourage students that maybe are sort of in that transition to get more involved with on-campus activities through Center for Student Involvement, mm-hmm. through different um, on-campus jobs, and really expose themselves to more things, even if it's something that they know, well, I just file and such and such office. Well, but you're still exposed to people who work there who Mm -hmm. may know someone who does a job that they might mention one day that you're thinking, wow, that's so interesting. So it's really about exposure at that point. Mm -hmm. Instead of just focusing on, well, which classes should I take? Let's think a little bit more broadly about, well, what kinds of things really interest you Mm -hmm. or excite you? And go that route because when you're in flux, you're not really sure and you're a little scared. I mean, I know what it's like. I've changed my major a million times. <laughs> um, but you eventually kind of find your way as long as you're open. And I tell mm-hmm. all my students that stay open yep. to the possibilities that you have. You may not know that they're there, but that's why we yeah. kind of do what we do. Well, and sometimes, too, it's important to also say just because you've picked a certain major doesn't limit you right. to that major and, and what you're going to do for the rest of your lives. And speaking as an English major, um, you know, it's, it's Very exactly, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's how you find the fit for that and what's going on. And, you know, I've worked for 30 years in, in higher ed now, 
because of some of the activities and things I did as an on-campus student. And, yeah. and so I find ways to use my major. I certainly do a whole lot of writing for this. Um, but but it's not, if you looked in a list of right. jobs for English majors, I wouldn't be there. It wouldn't be there. Yeah. That's right. You know. And I tell students that all the time when they're kind of like, well, what did you do for your job? And so I tell them my background. I have my bachelor's degree in Spanish. I have a master's in school counseling. And then I just got my MBA. And then I kind of go down the line to talk about other people in my office and what their backgrounds mm -hmm. are. And no one has a degree in academic advising. Yeah. It just doesn't exist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you kind of have to think like, okay, these are the skills I have and things I learned. And a lot of times we do apply that back to the different majors. What are the skills you're going to learn from being a history major mm -hmm. or a social work major or an English major for that yep. matter? And kind of, or communications is another mm -hmm. big one. Kind of show them how the skills are really more important than what the major right. says. Short of degrees like education, nursing, mm -hmm. and accounting, where you kind of have to have that background to yeah. know how the job works. You know, you can do a lot of different things with our different majors. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about where students might go in in looking for help, like figuring things out and some of those things. Where Where can students go beside your office if they're looking for help in just deciding about a major? I think the single greatest place you can go to decide to be in a certain program is that actual office. Mm -hmm. I think that I can give a student as much information and knowledge and, and they can um, talk with me about it for hours. They can talk to the Career Center and, and that's great and really beneficial. Mm -hmm. But talking to a faculty member in that program or talking to somebody that's actually been in that field and is now a professor in that in mm -hmm. that field um, gives you a realistic idea of what you're getting into. Yeah. Um, they can provide you with what your outcomes are going to be after you graduate. They're going to provide you with the kind of jobs you're going to get. They're going to provide you with the information about your salary or about your work hours mm -hmm. or whatever your priorities are in, in what degree you're going to choose. Yeah. And so I think that's that's such really it's so it's so important to get that real information. Mm -hmm. um, it's really easy to say that you you want to work in the field of nursing and that you really want the salary and you really want to help people, but you don't know the amount of hours that you're going to be working. You don't know that you might be working nights or you don't know that you're going to be working with some really difficult situations. And mm -hmm. so if you're not getting that real information, it's really hard to, to know that you're going to be comfortable and happy in whatever field you choose. Uh, the Career Center is also great. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I would just honestly say any other office that matches up with what you want to do. Um, if you're interested in the counseling field, talking to somebody in the counseling center yeah. is going to be beneficial for you um, because you're going to get that information from yeah. them. They're doing that real-time work. So, I think one of the other things, too, that I was just thinking was there are so many opportunities on campus that, you know, they bring speakers in or people to come talk to classes and things. Take advantage of those opportunities yeah. because you can talk to someone, and often they're alumni. They bring back alumni yeah. from here who are out working in the field now. And, and so, you know, having that ability to talk to somebody who was a student here, mm -hmm. who's now out working somewhere else, what a great opportunity to find. And it helps you connect maybe. So, yeah. Yeah. I say also, speaking to upperclassmen students that are in a program that have gone yeah. through the coursework, it's really yeah. beneficial, too, because you can get an idea of what, what the, the program is going to be like, what mm -hmm. being in the program is going to be like. They'll talk to you about professors, about the support you're going to receive, um, and whether or not you're doing internships and what that yeah. experience is like. Um, so I'd say talking to other students is also really important, too. Yeah. So, Anne-Marie, I know you guys are out like on the road on campus a whole lot <laughs> do. um, doing outreach and things. So what what's coming up for spring that students might want to look out for? So each spring we do um, 
the Gear Up program. The Gear Up program is literally a way to help students get prepared for registering for their courses for the upcoming fall semester. So the program developed as a way to help students be aware of what they need to know, mm -hmm. even though they may not know what mm -hmm. they need to know. Exactly. Um, before it's kind of too late. And don't mistake that as being there's an end to registration because students are welcome to register for courses all the way up until the beginning of the fall semester. But what I mean by that is each student is assigned a registration date. And that date is when they can start their registration. It's so mm -hmm. important to be prepared by that date, not after it, <laughs> before it's fine too, but certainly not after it, not way after it, not the first week of school. Because yeah. <laughs> what happens is every student gets a, di a different date. And depending on the number of credits that you've earned and your GPA, you're kind of ranked by date as who's doing the most credits and has the best GPAs get to register before the next group of students. And so if you wait until the first week of school, you're literally waiting to register after everybody else is done. So you're not going to have the ideal times or maybe even the coursework you need to progress because you've waited too long. So what we tell students to do is log on to your banner web, click on check my registration status, view your date, view your advisor, and get in touch with them. If it's our office, you can get in touch with us directly by email. You can call our office. You can email our office. You can send smoke signals to our <laughs> office. We really just want you to get in touch with yeah. us so we can set up an appointment. Now, all of our appointments are made on a first-come, first-served basis. So you would kind of fall into a difficult spot if you check your date today and you want an appointment today so that you can register tonight because yeah. your date is tonight. <laughs> um, so you do want to kind of check that. As soon as you start seeing, you'll get emails from us. You'll see lawn signs. You might see banners in the student center. We hang posters in the residence halls. Um, we hang posters in the parking garages. We try to get it out to everybody yeah. we can. Um, but when you start seeing these blue and red signs that say gear up on them, let that cue you to check your um, banner web and email your advisor. Some advisors will have a different setup. You might have to go to their office door and sign up on a sheet. Well, that's still first come, first serve because they only have a certain number of blocks for each time period. Mm -hmm. But um, we really don't want you to wait till you know, September to register for your classes. Yeah. And that's true for each semester. So we'll do a big program each semester, helping students be aware that this is what's coming up. This is how you get prepared when you meet with your advisor. You'll get some course suggestions as well as your registration pin. You cannot register without your pin for each semester. You will get a new pin each semester. So don't think I'll save this one for spring for <laughs> next fall because it won't work. Um, sorry, you'll have to get it each time. But there's a reason for that. So yeah. what it's, it's intentional. We make sure that students have to check in with their advisor at least once per semester. Yeah. Ideally, that would happen more frequently um, if you're kind of thinking, well, why should I have to meet with my advisor? I know what program. I can follow my four-year plan. But there's other reasons why. One day you're going to need a letter of recommendation. One day you're going to need some kind of advice from them about careers or, mm -hmm. or different things. And so you should develop a type of relationship with them where you feel comfortable asking for a letter of recommendation. Because yeah. we can't really write something if we only know they met with us once a semester to get classes. Yeah. But they did it on time. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's great. But an employer or, or someone else looking for that letter is certainly going to want more information than that. Um, so that's one event we do. It's, it's called Gear Up. It's helping students get ready for registration. Um, the other event we like to do in the fall is actually called Majors Expo, which um, I wanted to chime in before. When you were going to talk with departments about 
you know, which what their program can offer you or an internships or different things like that. We are a pretty small campus, but timing is sometimes not always the best. So sometimes there's an evening office hour available with a department chair, or sometimes there's a morning office hour, but maybe you want to have a meeting with someone on West Side because you're interested in business, but then you also want something on Midtown because you want social work. So you're kind of running around yeah. just to meet with someone for a few minutes to get some background on their major and what it can offer you. Majors Expo is wonderful because it's a it's a Sunday morning, and you can come and talk to every single department on campus in one space. Yeah. So everyone comes together. We have food, so you can come and have breakfast <laughs> with us and coffee. And you, you meet with different majors that you're interested in, and you can work with your advisor prior to that to get some sort of ideas on which majors you should talk to the department. And oftentimes departments will bring students, so that fits in with what Jason was saying before. Um, and you just can talk to them. We give you some handouts of information to use. And then you follow up with you once you're, once the major's expo is over. So um, we'll follow up with you to find out what you learned, what you liked, what you didn't like. Did you talk to anybody else besides who we originally planned for and how it all went? And then from there, it might help you to, again, narrow down those options for majors and, and not have to run around so much. It's really a more convenient way to get exposed to the different majors, departments, and um, information. Cool. So um, we talked about finding you. How, how do students find you? Where's your office? What's your number? Social media? <laughs> so we're in Old Main, uh, the Old Main building, <clears throat> excuse me, room 202. Uh, we're on the website. Uh, you can just search Academic Advisement Center and you can find all of our information, um, all of our contact information, our phone numbers, our emails, um, who to speak with for certain mm -hmm. things is all located on the website. Um, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we aren't on any other social mm -hmm. media sites. Um, but yeah, just stopping by and talking to us is, is great. Email, phone, whatever whatever works for students, mm -hmm. however students are comfortable um, contacting mm -hmm. us is fine. Great. And um, any things that I should have asked you about that I didn't? Any important things that you want us to know? Um, just a couple brief things. We do offer academic planning meetings to all students here at Western. Mm -hmm. So if you are getting information from either your advisor is assigned in the uh, Exploratory Studies Advisement Center or if you're getting information and, and guidance from a faculty advisor, we can still help you to get connected to the different supportive services on campus, like the Tutoring Resource Center, the Learning Commons over on West Side, um, even some other services that we do have. So if you're kind of feeling like you're happy with your major, you just need a little extra help, mm -hmm. um, you, you could stop in quickly while you're on campus and just get that information from us. So, um, you know, we're not taking the advisement piece away from your faculty advisor, yeah. but maybe just sort of helping you as like a secondary support. So um, what we do oftentimes is we'll meet with a student, we'll figure out what their goals are, and we'll help them to reach those goals by either weekly or biweekly meetings, checking in with them to make sure that they're on track with their courses, their attending class, mm -hmm. and things like that. So if anyone's feeling like they want that sort of guidance and support, please reach out to us. Um, probably the best way to reach out to us is through our email mm -hmm. um, and the email address is aac at wcsu.edu um, or you could search on the Western homepage for Academic Advisement Center. Great. Well, thank you so much, Jason and Amory, for talking with Thanks us today. Thank you. Happy to do it. I know that, you know, we always have students who have some questions about 
all of the stuff that we talked about today, um, particularly when it comes to choosing a major. And so I know that we've answered some of those questions for them today. If we didn't answer your question today, you can always feel free to reach out to them at all the places that, that Jason and Amory have talked about. Or you can email me at griffinm at wcsu.edu, and I'll work with them to find an answer for you. So that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Gab and Grow. There's a whole lot more on the, the roster for this semester. So I hope you'll tune back in and listen to more of what we have to tell you that's going to help make you a successful student here. So until next time, bye-bye.